Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining me again on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And you know by now that I have guests who resonate with me because what they talk about are things that I'm always excited about. And my guest today is no exception to that. In fact, she's not only no exception, but I had the great honor of reading several chapters of her book before she released it. And I may or may have not well, okay, I did. I wrote a nice little review because it was fantastic and it, it struck me at my core, which is also why I dressed up really fancy for her today. <laughs> so my guest is Janelle Dyan and she is an expert on leadership, especially with women and on many different facets. But if, you, uh, when you, if you're watching the video portion of this, you see in the background, she very smartly put her book up there that is story style brand. So about how you look and how that really helps you uh, to make sure your message resonates. But she's about much more than that. So first of all, Janelle, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. And again, I've said it several times, thank you for your uh, endorsing me and supporting me on this uh, new authorship journey. So I was so fun to read um, when I got those chapters because it's really, you know, how we look and feel really impacts how we're received. So, you know, it's like you, you've got to, my husband and I love to people watch and we were in Milan this summer, which sounds so fancy. You know, we were in Milan this <laughs> summer and we were sitting having a, um, oh gosh, whatever, not, not a piece goes out. No, that was uh, somewhere else. I can't remember whatever drink we were having. And we were watching people go by and Milan's such an amazing place because people dress so fancy, even just to go out and walk their dog. And so our, our uh, thing is we thought we need to come up with a show, say it's, they own it, you know, like, cause when they sure. walked by and they're like powerful, they might've been wearing the craziest outfit, but they own it. Right. So, Absolutely. yeah, but Jill, tell, tell us a little bit about, you know, your business, what you do. You, you have some phenomenal experiences. You've done some great, incredible things, but, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, what that means to you. What do you do every day? Right. Um, and really quickly to go back to Milan, it's always that we're having a drink, but we're not saying that we're super hot. Right. And, and we're right. And, and I think that that's part of it where when you're experiencing, and this kind of goes to what I do, but when you're experiencing your own kind of, um, you know, the heat and whatever, you're also by the time when you look at others, you're reading that and you're bringing that into the situation. Oh yeah. And so there's this, um, human behavior is to really, um, 
kind of all viscerally make it make an impression. So what I do is um, I am the CEO and founder of Janelle Diane, and I'm an executive brand strategist for women in leadership. I am a speaker and now an author of Story Style Brand, Why Corporate Results Are a Matter of Personal Style. Um, and so I, over the last seven years, um, and all this experience of launching a company and kind of saying, what's my purpose? And what's the story I want to tell? What's my story? And how can I allow, and how, what process can I do to allow other women, especially as they're in leadership, as they're on their own stage, how can I help them do that? Um, how can I help them get to this stage, but yet really go back to, to redefining and honing and as you say, shock, disrupt, um, and really think about who they are. And so I am, um, I help them build this brand by starting with their own story. For me in the beginning, or for even now, I go into their closet and each piece that they buy is a story. Um, mm -hmm. And so I've been very fortunate, like you said, I work with women in leadership that have been at the World Economic Forum. They've been standing on the stage for Salesforce and Dreamforce, LinkedIn, uh, Zoetis as a CEO, as a woman in, launches into the CEO level. But I also work with women who are at that critical pivot stage. Um, you know, women who were stay-at-home mothers and said, it's my turn. I want to mm -hmm. go there. Um, yeah. What can I do? And how, how can I say I'm worth it? And what stories do I want to tell? Um, and that kind of, uh, that process. And so with this methodology, it's a three-step methodology that I lay out in the book. Um, and it starts with your story. Then you build in your leadership style, which includes how you appear. So that you mm -hmm. launch a brand that is truly authentic and um, vulnerable and real. And it aligns perfectly today, especially with Zoom, right? That, that yes. we have to be seen, not just personal and professional brand, but one brand. Um, and so I've loved every failure that I've done. I've loved every, <laughs> you know, pivot stage and, you know, things like what shocked me and, and why that was so critical to get to where I was today. So many great messages in everything you just said. And I was, I was thinking two things. Number one is, you know, I have colorful hair. And in fact, you know, over the last couple months, while I haven't been able to get it done, my husband has helped me cut it. Love it. And in, instead of being able to, you know, dye out the gray, I just keep adding blue. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> and I have people um, all the time say, oh, I could never do that. Oh, I wish I could do that. I could never do that. And I, I always ask them, well, first of all, tell me why you would want to do it. You know, why would you want to have, you know, purple hair, or green hair, or what, you know, anything like mine. And, and because I want to know, you know, what's behind it. Cause my journey was vastly different, but you know, a lot of times it's because I want to make a statement. I feel, I feel boxed in. I feel like people only see me one way and that would surprise them. And I love those answers. And then I always say, you can do this. You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be permanent like mine does. You could go to CVS and get the stuff you just spray in and have some fun with it. The question is, what is it that you want to have shine through that your first reaction is, I can't? Because that tells a lot about whether or not any person puts limitations on themselves and then feels like they can't get to that next level. So how can, if I can't express myself with my hair color, you know, are there ways at least maybe in my clothing that I can start to express myself and not feel like I have to look or act or be a certain way? I think there's what you talk about is really 
trying to find that freedom within yourself. Yeah. And I think to, I used to have short hair like yours, but mine is my COVID non-cut. Um, <laughs> so it's been very fascinating. I actually, for the first time in nine years, I can put it back. <clears throat> As you know, that's a, that's a big feat. Um, yeah, no I think again, your messages, there's several in there, right? Um, and there's two ways to look at that because when someone, when a woman comes to me and says, I want to work with you, or a corporation says, I want to invest in our women in leadership, there's a really, there's a huge shift that's happening inside. And like you say, tell me more, tell me why. Mm -hmm. And there, what you've done with your blue hair and what we can do as leaders with how we appear and how, what, what pieces we choose to put on, is you're giving the permission to, for, I'm going to always talk about just women, but you're giving permission to women to say, I want you to think out of the box. Actually, there is no box. Let's just go there. No and mm -hmm. my blue hair has started a conversation internally with you because now you're saying, well, why can't I do that? So let's go back to when you thought you couldn't do it before. Um, right. And so that's one, one way to do it. And I think th that's what's so fascinating is something of what you're wearing, your hair or whatever, that's the conversation that you want to have. And so for you, your blue hair represents that permission to come in and to join me on, on what you've done in your stories and your journey. And that you're saying, I'm going to help you get there. I'm going to shop, you know, I'm going to work with you. I'm going to really find your potential, but it might not be blue hair, but the, the visceral feeling I feel when I see your blue hair, I want the feeling. That's why they say I can never do blue hair. It's more of I could never do and be as bold as you with my right. own story because of fear, because I've been told it, you know, it doesn't matter. And you're saying, look, share your story. It might not be blue, but you know, let, let's right. try something else. So absolutely. And that that power that comes from knowing you can share your story and you can share and be who you are. And I, you know, I love to tell people, look, I was a, a VP of sales for a company where I was responsible for a hundred million dollars in revenue every year and, you know, managing 500 employees. And when they interviewed me, I had purple hair. So, you know, I mean, you can, the question is, what do you want and how, how comfortable are you? And then what steps can you start to take to do that? Whatever that, whatever that, that is. Right. Exactly. And I think going back to, especially right now, right, we're trying to get back into the work, workforce and a lot of people are going to be interviewing for jobs and, mm -hmm. and, you know, interviewing behind, behind a screen. Um, and part of why, you know, this blue hair for you has become your brand um, is because you're telling people, hey, follow me, we're going to do something different. We're going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to lead this in a different way and you're going to love it. Um, and I think also <laughs> when you're interviewing with companies, you need to understand their story. And does my story align with their story? And can I get behind the purpose of this company? You know, the product yeah. and service, people don't buy for the product and service, they buy for the people and the leaders. Right. Um, and so it's absolutely true. It's, and, and again, in that method, I talk about this in one of my articles about, all right, going back to your story before you walk in to the doors of the interview or before you turn on your Zoom, knowing mm -hmm. yourself and knowing to stand tall and say, my story matters. And in some sense, it's their loss if I'm not there. And to take back that power of saying, I need them to you need me. And here's what I can provide. And here's, here's how I can make more value add in the purpose of your company 
so that the product and service is truly at the core of what we all value and all believe in. I love that. It is, it's absolutely so true. And you know, when, when people, we're learning so much about ourselves and how we present in a completely different way, which um, I, I think is exceptional for us. If we really look at this from a perspective and say, okay, we know that at least for the next couple of years, a significant portion of our professional lives, if not all of our professional lives for the next couple of years, is going to be behind these screens and with cameras. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, with all the, you know, we were talking before I started taping about the app that, um, that we are releasing here with my company very soon. And so I've been taping all these videos. And so I've turned my office into, you know, this media studio. And, you know, I've got you know, fancy lights and I've got, you know, somebody, you know, one of my, yeah, NPR, right? Yeah, exactly. One of my teams said, okay, uh, you need to turn your desk around. We're tired of seeing your stairs. You know, I went, oh, you need to start using a different chair when you tape because your office chair has a big, ugly back on it. I'm like, oh, I had no idea. And the more that I do it and I think about what is the whole story I'm telling? Not just because of my blue hair now right. or, you know, my fun earrings or my, you know, cause you can't see my shoes. My shoes were, you know, usually a fun part of the conversation, but you can't yeah. see my shoes now. Yeah. Um, yeah. What story am I telling in everything else from how I know how my lighting is to, you know, where I choose to have the interview. You know, I think I'm just even looking at your background, what we learn about people and their backgrounds, you know, how you choose where you're going to be seen now is just as important as how you are dressed physically as well. So, yeah. you know, how talk about that because I know you've written an article on this recently. So, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, what what advice you're giving people. Absolutely. Um, I think one of the main messages within my book, but moving forward at this time, uh, you know, in particular, is understanding human behavior and how we make decisions, how do we build trust? Because that's the biggest thing. Um, And so if I could give a little bit of feedback on, or a a journey on understanding how, why first impressions are so important and how we can't control them. And so when our mothers used to tell us, don't judge other people, you know, one finger forward, three fingers back, um, we actually couldn't, so we shouldn't have been in trouble. Uh, And my mother has apologized. But what it is, is, when it within less than a split second, how you appear behind the screen, in front, all these little things um, play into a part of building trust. Because way back when we would have to, you know, when we you know, lived in caves, caves and tribes or whatever, we would have to make a, a split decision on whether something's threatening or trust, trustworthy. Whether I'm going, that, that you're an expert or I'm not quite sure that you have something to, to help me with. And there's that missing link right now in all these uh, brand strategies, right, that are out there and, and know your brand and what's your messaging, but what's that missing link? And that's the DNA, that's the human behavior. That's how do we capitalize on the conversation we wanna have simply before we open our mouth. Because if you trust me, what I say will feel true. If right. you don't trust me, we've got another hour to try and gain your trust and I've lost a lot of, uh, of opportunity. So. Right. That's one of the things we think about. And so that goes to kind of what are those tips and tools that we can use to engage behind the screen? And how does that, what does that matter, right? We don't have music anymore. We're not walking into a conference where 
you feel the cold air and you're looking at other people and you're feeling the energy and that visceral kind of, yes, I'm here, right? Salesforce is great at that with Dreamforce. It's like, um, how do we do that? How do we capitalize? Because we have waste up. That's all we have. Yeah. And so I talk a lot about what's behind the screen because, and you'll see people go like this, there's a story in everything I do, right? And that story is not about my children or whatnot. It, this is the story that I can, I can people can relate to right away. And so the other thing to think about is, you know, how close are you to the monitor? How far back are you to the monitor? Uh, we all, I also talk about, um, there you go, right? Or, or for example, <laughs> if I'm down like this, there's a yes. different feeling you get. Or if I'm up like this, right? You yeah. feel like, or the best one is personal space. Um, <laughs> right, exactly. Or the big headphones, right? Air traffic control. Air traffic yeah. control makes you feel like they're not listening. Right? right? Air traffic control says there's so much else going on that I'm just going to sit here with you versus I'm that you wouldn't have that in a personal conversation. So you want them to feel like you're just sitting at the table having a coffee. Yep. Another one is because of this human behavior, because of this fight or flight that we have in our cerebral cortex and the limbic system is if I don't use my arms, right? There's a, mm -hmm. there's like, what's going on. But if yeah. I sit up tall and you see skin and you see me moving, it's, it's, it's a comfort. I am not a threat. You know where my hands are going to be going. Yeah. Um, and we're talking with your hands can play a lot more into what you're trying to say. Uh, right. And the other one is eye contact that we, I talk about in look directly at the screen. Don't look away. Don't look down because immediately what you do is you're saying you're not as important as this conversation. Right. And Simon's neck talks a lot about that, which I'm, I always love listening to him. Um, but it is, it's, it's staying, you know, really engaged for those who are presenting and for those leaders and if the teams that you're leading. I also, I also talk about reducing the amount of slides that you show. Oh, yes. We all know, right? A slide comes on and we're like, sweet, I can check that phone. Yeah, like, hold on one second, right? And you lose them. You lose them. Um, and, you know, everything is about stories and getting their stories. And like you say, I love it. Tell me more. Tell me why. Uh, when you're on Zoom, it's even more critical that you maintain that face-to-face -face with them. I think so too. In fact, it's one of the things that I keep struggling with since I moved from my, so I'm on a different chair when I'm, um, that I'm, when I'm doing these now. And my office chair is taller. So I've been constantly like, okay, so how far... Do I move that so you can see my arms? You know, what's showing? And I'm like, well, that's not good because then it doesn't look good with my dress. And so, yeah, it's this, this buffer. I'm actually sitting on three pillows. <laughs> my yeah. feet barely touch the ground. <laughs> but it is it's a constant evolution of trying to find where is the right place where I can convey a message and I can connect with somebody, but it's not, you know, it's not sending any wrong messages. It's, it is a tough balance. It is a tough balance. And um, when it comes to kind of your neckline and, and all the things behind you, you know, it's a really mindful thing, I think, especially for women, right? We have, you know, the V-neck or we have short hair, the earrings, right? And I, I work with women before when they were on stage, one of the women I worked with was the ex-CEO, CMO, she's now moved on and retired. Uh, and she was on the stage with Michelle Obama. And one of the things we talked about was, you know, you are now moderating. So, you know, you slightly take a back seat. This is who is most important. But if you're wearing earrings, they're dangling, right? And so instead of listening to your message, I'm staring at the earrings that are moving around, right? Or if you have things on your wrist and they're going up and down, 
you've just lost me because I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. So sometimes what I do now with my clients is I'll say, all right, tell me the story you're trying to say. And they'll say, okay. And I'll say, and I'll say like we say, what's authentic? I'll say, okay, let me tell you the story that I'm reading right now. And right. Is, does that align? And if not, then let's, let's work on what we're missing and how can we tweak that just slightly so that every day mm -hmm. there's that mindset. And there is, you're right, you, you, you said it perfectly, which is how do I relate and connect with them and not put them off and look like I'm over, you know, overdressed or, or not relatable to them because of what I'm, I'm wearing. And it's a fine balance. I think it gets easier when you know what you're trying to say. Yeah, it is true. It's funny, I was uh, interviewing a couple of weeks ago uh, with a gentleman, his name is Gregory Jerome, and he's kind of a fashion expert for men. And he works for a really, uh, I think uh, it's a custom suit, you know, company. So he, he gets new clients for them. And right before I was taping, I had just gotten back from the dry cleaners, this dress of my mom's from 40 years ago that she wore to one of my siblings' weddings. And it's all, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a light green, you know, it's all, uh, uh, Gosh, what's the material? I'm trying to think of the polyester. It's polyester, but it has a little fancy belt and everything. And I had it shortened, so it's real cute. And I was like, I'm going to wear this because it's fancy. <laughs> and I feel like being fancy today. And it was funny because as I was talking about it, I just, it was like a different persona that even came through. And it was, you know, it was kind of a strange thing to wear, but I had a ball with it. Um, and I think it is really important that we, you know, how we look and feel, it might not be perfect. But if we are conscientious of it mm -hmm. and we feel good in it, that's going to come through. If we don't feel comfortable, even if it's the perfect outfit, you know, for the occasion, if you don't feel comfortable in it, that's going to come through as well. Yeah. And, you know, I love this whole grandmother's uh, mother story. Or I have my grandmother's actually um, this jacket that always had zippers. And I remember falling asleep with her and it'd be zip, 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 right? Um, there's a concept called enclosed cognition. Um, and what it is, is it's the story that it, the, the, the visceral feeling you get because it's, it's you and it's part of your story. And when you explained actually the dress you talked about, the, the first thing you said was not the fabric and the color, right? The first thing you said was the story behind it. Yes. That's and true. that it meant so much to you. And in some sense, wearing that dress also solidified that you've, you, you've got so much behind you. And this is just a small symbol of who I am. You also touched upon that fine line of dressing for your audience versus dressing for you that then will connect with your audience. I had a meeting with um, uh, one of uh, a designer and he, uh, Kenneth Cole. So I had a meeting with Kenneth Cole one-on-one. -on -one. I kind of met him on the street, did the whole 30 second pitch, didn't know what the heck I said to him, forgot to introduce my name. So I cold called trying to get back in. Um, and I went in there and a lot of, uh, mentors of mine and people that I bounced my ideas off of said, okay, get something of his and wear it to say like, I support you. And I decided against it because Good. if I bought one of his, all it's saying is, look, how cool is this? And I said, no, I'm going to go in there. And if he asked me about what I'm wearing, I have a story to talk about. And this story was, I got it on consignment. Because all I, I'm always about second, you know, second or, re, you know, it's not about how much money you spend. It's about finding those cool pieces. And it was just totally different. It was me, but like you said, it was fashion um, and it wasn't his. 
And yes. he was taken aback slightly, but he was fabulous. I loved him. He was one of the best means I've ever had. Um, but that's like what you're saying, right? Mm -hmm. You told the yep. story before you told me what it looked like. <laughs> and I it, so it was yours. Yeah. That's so funny. I didn't even realize that. But I, I do. I actually had, the uh, last time I was at my mom's, I took home two of these dresses. One from two, you know, they were from two different of my siblings' weddings from 40 plus years ago. And I had them both just retailored a little bit, made them short because they were floor length. And every time I wear the, the first one that I got done first, I just, you know, I feel it's like being wrapped in my mom's arms, yep. you know? Yep. And yep. It's, and it's, it's, but it's not armor. Right. right. And a lot of people will say, well, what I wear is kind of this armor and that I'm protective. It's not armor. It actually, I always say shoulders go back, chin goes up and you own it. And no one yeah. knows why they want to be near you. All they know is that you evoke this emotion of, I want to be like her. I want to feel like her. Yeah. Um, and those two stories and why you chose that, they have meaning behind that, you know, yeah. and I run this um, part of my business is called beyond us. And it's a give back. It's a, it's a, how do, can we continue our story? Because a lot of times we don't want to give away our clothes because they mean something to us, but yet they're mm -hmm. not us anymore. They don't serve our purpose. Right. And so, you know, for you, it's how do I take this and continue a story? How do I allow it to live again so I can reiterate and, and share that story of those weddings again, but make it my own, cut, tailor, you know, whatever it may be. Right, so. right. Huh, have fun. I didn't even know I was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Another win. <laughs> yeah. Well, so let me ask you just a couple of questions that are about, you know, you in particular. So, you know, if you look back on your own career, what's the most important professional lesson that you've ever learned that helped you to shock your potential to the next level? Great question. The minute you asked me that question, two, th two events happened because we all have different chapters of our, our life. And in the book, every single thing I do is through stories. So every story I tell has a lesson. But the first story that comes up is when I entered into the corporate world, young, bright eyed, I've got everything behind me and you should, I can do everything, right? It's that mentality of why am I not vice president of this startup? Uh, and, and I realized for one day, I just woke up and I said, you know what, if I'm going to be taken seriously, if I'm going to be seen as what I know I can do, right? Then I need to dress and believe it myself. And I was dressing as the position that I was in as an executive assistant, because that's what you're supposed to do, right? That's your age and that's your experience. And I realized I kind of said, swore slightly to myself uh, and said, <laughs> blanket. Um, because if I'm not gonna believe in myself, no one else is going to. And it was this one mom moment, I opened up the doors to the, to the company. It was a Thursday. I had gone to J. Crew the night before or the day before. I had bought my first pair of pants, uh, slacks, which is one of my staples. Um, I had gotten that button down and I didn't buy it because that's what you should wear. I bought it because it made me feel confident. It was no one was going to look at anything else but me and my message. And I was here to play the game. Walk in and one of the senior vice presidents, you know, walking by, you know, on a meeting and stops and goes, are you leaving? Are you interviewing? And I realized, I'm like, I have power. I am seen for the first time. I am seen, right? I had long blonde hair. I put my blonde hair back. I actually at one point bought, and it's not really in the book, but I bought fake glasses because I was like, 
how do I figure out to be taken seriously? And by the way, it's really hard to look when you're going down an escalator. Um, so that was one of this huge shock. And oh right. And then taking, you know, this whole shock of this, this program that you do in these five steps, it's fascinating. I love it. And looking at now understanding what you do, this J crew experience led me to where I am today. And the mm -hmm. second shock that I had to do was this feeling that I wasn't good enough. I jumped out. I was a mom for eight years. When I came back into it, I felt I had nothing to offer, that I had no value. And it, it was why, why me. And, and so what I did was I've never been in the fashion industry. I was in tech. I was in mobile gaming. Um, I love data. Um, I'm also, and I love human behavior. So how do you put those together? And I was in organizational development. And I said, I got to figure out this fashion thing because not everyone can play the game. I grew up shopping at Goodwill, but I figured out how to find my story within my budget. And mm -hmm. so the next one is, this is where I really had to go from, you know, how are people going to see what I can do and how to, you, you, you need me. That's a mind shift. So yes, yes. I decided to fly out on all my husband's R miles. Uh, he traveled a lot at the time. I borrowed this huge jacket, uh, of Juno Watanabe, couldn't say the name, didn't even know who, the, who it was. I borrowed from one of my uh, women uh, clients. It was this massive one. And you'll see this in the book. It's called Face the Cold. And I go to buy these Hervé Leger, didn't know the name. The tag was hanging off at a consignment shop, being like, okay, this is the outfit I need to do in order to like fit in to Fashion Week. Knew no one. It was 10 degrees, negative 10 actually with a windshield. windshield. I decided to go to Lincoln Center because that's where all of the models were going. I had no ticket, yeah. knew no one, didn't understand what fashion was. Uh, and I said, I want to go right to the top and I want to figure out what this world's about. And does it pertain to me? Does it pertain to the average woman? Does it pertain to women in the corporate world? Because it's, it's not real to us. It's not, it's not an everyday thing that we can play. Right. And so I'm standing at this fountain freezing my butt off and I have a moment of why me so I'm and, and I'm like what am I doing here you know why am I doing this I feel so like I feel out of place I don't I feel inferior and this little voice said why not you you have nothing to lose you the, for the when you step out right now you can tell your own story you can disrupt right and I decided that right then and there they needed me right then and there I had something to give, I had stories to tell, and I had permission for others to try it. And I said, what is my goal? And I said, my goal is to get photographed. And my goal is to say, this is what it looks like, but that's not reality. Fashion is, fashion is art, mo movement of art, right? Um, and I got that one picture, couldn't feel yeah. my finger, couldn't feel my toes or fingers. Um, and, and it was a huge pivot. And again, people, it's that mind shift. Mm -hmm. right? It's that mind shift. And from that, six years later, I, I stood out, right? That's, I stood out. I decided to make it like that, right? And then over the next course of years, I honed my skills. I researched. I asked around. I, um, I said, what works for you? And I was going into coach store, just buying a keychain, talking to people. Um, yes. and, and then I, as I built it again, I said, okay, what are, where do I want to go? Who are what pieces of all these leaders do I love? What fits with my own purpose? So I wanted to know, how do they operate? How did they get there? What do they read, right? How are they leading? And then I was able to kind of cultivate all of that to, to myself. 
Um, and finally, and I talk about this again in my book and you do too, is knowing your value. Yes. Asking for what you deserve, especially for women, it's about money a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. Knowing your value, knowing that no means not now. Right. That, that failure is success. It just shortens your learning curve. Um, <laughs> right. And that there is no box. There's no box. Because Absolutely. The unimaginable is achievable if it's why not me? Why not me? So those are my two massive, massive shifts. I remember reading that story in the book, uh, in one of the chapters uh, that you sent me. And I remember feeling you, you know, as you're talking about that being right there and yeah. in that jacket and, <laughs> and making that decision that you are going to make something happen, that you are going to make it happen. Not that you are going to wait for it to happen, but you are going to make it happen. And it might hurt and it might be, <laughs> might hurt your toes and your fingers. Yeah. And it might be really scary and you might doubt yourself, but you are going to make it happen anyway, because that's what needed to happen. Yeah. I had stories to tell. My story yeah. mattered and it's huge. Every, it, when, when someone doesn't share their story, then we all lose. We all I lose. agree. I agree. And, you know, that's something that in our world today, right now with, you know, I mean, there's always a time when, when it's important, but I think we are starting to wake up to really want to hear people's stories now more. And, and that's important because we grow as a society, not just as individuals, when we desire, when we desire to hear other people's stories. And then when we're comfortable and confident sharing our stories, we create growth and change. Right. And that goes back to leadership style, which is vulnerability and humility. And for us, we've been forced at times to see our children, to see our, so you don't, you can't have that battle anymore, right? We don't have the eyelash extensions or the hair or whatever, or whatever it may be. And it forces you to say, here I am. What's fascinating and what's so important to always drive when you start to think, why, why me, is people need to relate to people. And as a leader, people follow those who are like them, who have struggled like them, who have success stories like them, that they can say, I'm not alone. And, and they're kind of, they've been through this. And during these times of crisis, especially for leaders, it's, they've been through this. They don't have all the answers. Right. They're, they're imperfect, you know, perfectly imperfect or whatever it might, you know, how the saying goes, John Legend has that in, in his, yeah. in his song. Um, and I can do it and I want to be with them. And whatever journey we go on, I know that this leader has me in mind because they ask, like you say, tell me more, tell me why, what yeah. can I do? And it's not about the leader. It's about those who, who they lead because Absolutely. the leader is not the one that makes the company successful. It's the employees and the clients that drive it. And their yeah. job is to get to that, the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. Fantastic. My goodness. I can't believe how long we've been talking. It's just, this is said, there's just so many facets to this. So we're going to have to continue. And I know that uh, as I told you before we started taping, I'm going to finish your book uh, now that I have the whole book mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and very excited to have you be the first author that I'm going to highlight in our author's series or our uh, book club, basically portion of our app that will be out uh, later this year. So Real. very excited. Congratulations. That's a big feat. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. The app should be uh, actually out um, in just 
anywhere from five to 10 days probably from now. But as we keep adding things throughout the year, there's just so many elements. And, and like I told you, we'll have the, the book club uh, available by September at the latest. And it's to me just a, a wonderful evolution of the, the people that I meet like you and that I interact with that I, I believe in, in what you're doing and, and how you are empowering people, especially empowering women, but empowering all people. It's, uh, it's just a tribute. And I think this is a great time for us all to, to recognize that continuing to work on ourselves yeah. always pays off in the end. Absolutely. It's purpose, purpose over profit, right? It's, yep. it's, you get up in the morning, you know, not to make the next dollar, you get up in the morning to leave a legacy and to connect to someone else to know that, that we're all in this together and that you matter, I matter first. Absolutely. Then I can see that. And then I can go back to you and, and realize that you have something to help me with as well. Absolutely. So now I know we'll have all your contact information on the show notes, but if somebody is too eager to, uh, to take the time to read them yet and want to find you, how are, how are the, uh, what are the best ways to find you? Sure. For me, I love, I love just to hear directly from your listeners and to continue this conversation. So you can reach out to uh, my email, which is Janelle at JanelleDiane.com. Um, my name is, is very different. So it's uh, Janelle is, uh, is, it's like Janet without the T um, and Diane is with a Y. So reach out to me there or go to my website at JanelleDiane.com. There's a lot of information there. Um, there's, you know, topics that you can listen to. There's, there's extra, you know, emails. I mean, sorry, there's articles, uh, podcasts that I've talked about before about different parts of what I do. The book is available. And one of the things I was going to want to say is I just recorded my own audible. Um, and I did it in my own voice. I feel like my story told in my own voice. And so the book is great. Uh, you can get that on Amazon. If you want more stories, the stories that I haven't told the stories that I thought uh, that you wanted to hear a little bit more about, or people were asking me more about, I did talk a little bit more in in audible and you can hear my stories directly from me. Oh, excellent. I'm glad to know that you did that because, uh, I have been, I know it's time for me to do audible versions of mine and I've been back and forth on whether or not to do them myself. Um, and I just really didn't, I know that time-wise it's very challenging, but, uh, I just can't imagine someone else telling my stories as well. (laughs) <laughs> right. And if you, if you ask someone, if you ask others to tell their story, I think they need to hear the inflection. They need to hear one point I choke up a bit talking about my childhood, a little bit about my mother. Um, one time you hear me laughing. So it's just so real and raw. And I'm not, I'm not a, an actor, you know, yeah. my voice cracks and um, <laughs> you should, you know, it would be amazing to listen to your, your stories and to hear your book, your own words your voice. Well, thank you. Well, yeah. before we wrap up, any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Your story matters, you know? Um, and anytime you start to feel like what's, you know, how am I going out there? How am I going to, to stand out and be seen? It's go back to the purpose, go back to why do I get up and why do people need me? And what can I give that's going to really disrupt and change the way that I think about myself and how others can think. So, you know, there is no box. The unimaginable is achievable and that, you know, it takes just one step at a time, one step at a time. I love it. Well, Janelle, thank you so much for joining me today. And I look forward to continuing our dialogues as always and staying connected. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. 
Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.